Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Native American artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Native American community from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Joseph Allen a member of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe and lives on the White Earth Ojibwe Reservation in northern Minnesota. Creating art for over 25 years, Joe is a leading Native American photographer, not just in Minnesota, but within Native America. What makes Joe so interesting is his story of evolution, a veteran who became a successful photojournalist in the Minneapolis area, then switched gears to focus on his art. Joe has been in nearly three dozen exhibitions, be that solo, juried, or group exhibitions. He's an artist, a teacher, a board member, someone who is clearly invested in his community. So let's jump into this interview with Mr. Allen. Joe, welcome to Five Plain Questions. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and what your background is? Yeah, so um, currently I'm director of the Gijigan Arts Incubator here on the White Earth Nation. Uh, we're part of the tribe's economic development division. So, but my background as an artist, I'm a photographer. I've um, been practicing here in Minnesota for almost 30 years now. And um, um, personally, I was born in Eagle Butte, South Dakota on the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation, but I'm enrolled at uh, Rosebud. Chichango Oyate. Um, so, uh, but now I live on White Earth, where I'm also a descendant. My great grandfather is buried here on the White Earth Reservation. Um, my grandfather married my grandmother from Rosebud. So, um, so grew up um, all over the, you know, mostly out of the West. I was born in Eagle Butte, lived in Iowa, Nevada, Arizona. And then went back to Minnesota. I've been in Minnesota for 35 years or so. And have lived up here on White Earth for about 10 years now. So So let's talk about your influences. Uh, You are, um, in my neck of the woods, uh, known as a a photographer. Um, What brought you into that and what were your influences? Um, so the influence, I, I think, you know, I, you know, I came late to art in terms of like when I was a teenager, I was more into, um, when I went to college, I never graduated from college, but when I started college, I was in engineering and electronics, you know, and so I, I eventually started working in the electronics and so I had this more like technical skill stuff, you know, I knew how. And so I moved up to Minnesota, you know, my parents had moved here and I was a young adult and I moved up here too. I would say moved back, even though we never, you know, to Minneapolis, but you know, this is our home and I'm Dakota too. So, so anyway, that's how, you know, I got more technical skills. My mom had always been an artist, you know, or like she was always creating. And so um, I used to, drive her around to all the powwow. She's a powwow vendor. And so, um, and I had started getting involved with, um, 
you know, as an introvert, you know, I wasn't a dancer or a singer, you know, and I used to help my mom make jewelry and stuff. But um, so at the powwows, I began to get connected to photography and I started taking pictures at powwows. And then I went to school, um, uh, decided to go to school for uh, film and video. And so I was trying to at Minneapolis Community College. But I really got into photography and that's where it kind of took off. And then um, I took over, uh, I worked, started working at the Circle Newspaper, uh, which is at the Minneapolis American Indian Center. Um, it's a monthly publication. So I was doing photos for them, but you know, monthly, you know, you get one or two photos in an issue. So I started learning how to do other things. I started doing uh, graphic design, laying out the paper. And then eventually I was running the paper and I was there for about nine years. So that's where, you know, where I got into photography. It was more of a journalistic um, documentary style. And then after I left, the circle was when I started in like about 1999. That's when I started to explore more of the artistic fine art photography. And so it's been, that's where I've developed my career now into this. Um, so that's in photography, you know, influences like in the Minneapolis at that time when I was learning photography um, that was back you know film was still you know the prevailing so there's a whole community of artists in Minneapolis uh, of photographers we, you know there's community dark rooms and, and at the circle we had our own dark room so learning from other photographers that's where I learned art and photography you know I did go to school but I didn't finish you know i just did one one year in photography and then um, started working at the circle but learning from other artists that's where i where i learned the art of photography so and just a, a side question um on the photography side of things um what what do you work with right now what's what's your preferred camera yeah so um Right now, I, you know, I uh, digital. Um, so, and my preferred camera is my iPhone. Actually, that's the one I have on myself all the time. And so, you know, I can kind of consider that my my sketch pad. You know, like this is it's always with me. You know, Instagram and you know that kind of stuff. It's like you know, um, that's you know keeps me keep me in the practice, I guess. Um, but, you know, I use Nikon gear now, um, DSLR, but um, I do, and I haven't done it as much, but I do use film cameras still, but the medium format. Um, so I use these, um, they're called Holga cameras. They're, they're toy plastic cameras and um, cheap. You, see, you can get them on like $30, $40. And so, and you know, they're really crappy lenses, but um, I like the the mystery of, you know, you don't know what you're gonna get. That's what I really like, still like to go with the analog film because um, it's such a, you're just, the magic of it happens still, you know. Whereas digital is still good, but um, it's, there's more magic, I think, to the analog, so. When, so I was, I was in the military and, uh, when I deployed, 
I brought with me a 35 millimeter camera and just loads of um, film. And the year and a half I was gone, uh, of course, you couldn't get that film developed. And so I, re I recall when I came home, um, I didn't have a dark room. I, 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 I'm not a professional photographer, so I had to get all of my film processed for, for me. And I remember uh, that anticipation of what the film would reveal, you know. Uh, of course, in my case, the unfortunate part was I, I wasn't working in real time. So if uh, it turned out one of my lenses uh, malfunctioned. And so a big chunk of those photographs were were out of uh, focus. Oh, yeah. So quite a bit of was lost, which I think would have been um, probably good good photographs but yeah so I, I i guess i what i'm saying is i i kind of feel that that anticipation using uh analog film uh not the instant gratification of digital yeah yeah so you know it's all digital it's always about you know just maximizing what you got you know so mm -hmm. um, but um yeah it, it's a difficulty you know you know i saw digital you know in the early 90s you know there was digital but it really didn't take hold until about 2000 you know and uh, and i was a late convert i mean i didn't start using digital till um until i got my first iphone about you know eight ten years ago so mm -hmm. um you know i had some digital stuff but i was still shooting for my work my film so and they've been coming pretty far with, uh, with the iPhones, with the cameras that are on there now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, it's probably the most common used camera now, so worldwide. And so if you search um, some of the image, I'm trying to think of the one right now, but it's the Google one. It's like iPhone is the most common camera. So. Hmm. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense, uh, the amount of people using them right now. So how have you developed your career uh, in the sense of uh, photography uh, since you uh, made the shift from journalism into into your work? Well, um, so when I left the circle, you know, I kind of um, basically became a stay-at-home dad. So that was a perfect opportunity um, to, you know, be with my, my daughters. Um, one was already in, you know, kindergarten. And, um, so I was with my youngest for four until she went to kindergarten. You know, and so during that time, you know, I was able to, um, uh, practice, you know, just get out there and shoot, you know, like almost daily. Um, and so, and then a different, that's when I started using the Holga cameras, the toy cameras, trying to get away from that documentary type of, uh, camera, you know, where it's, it's about precision and, you know, you, you know, where you took this, when you took it, who's in the picture to get more away from that type of journalistic documentary style and be more creative and open. And my wife is a photographer too. We met at the circle and decided to talk about that community of artists. And she's not native and she went to school at um, Ithaca College for photography and film. And she had done a project um, 
with a Diana camera, which is um, similar to the Holga. It's 120, but it's a toy plastic camera. Uh, you know, these are things that you win at a carnival. You know, there's like, they used to be like brownie cameras too, but these are medium format. And mm. so, and so just doing these overlapping images where the shutter and the, the advance of the film are separate. So you can advance a half a frame or a quarter frame and shoot again, you know, and so it, so I did these multiple exposure kind of panoramic stuff and just with 120 film, you know, and I wasn't developing my own film. I would, would just drop it off at a lab and I'd have it the next day um, and just long strips and I was scanning them in. So, so that's where I started to, to develop as an artist um, more. So during that time and you know, just it was kind of a reaction to it was kind of a you know not to go digital um, and trying to to document things that but not in a literal way you know what I'm saying you know mm -hmm. so in the time that you've been in Minnesota. Um, and you've you've moved away from the the journalistic approach to your photography. Um, has the opportunities uh, being an artist um, have they shifted over time? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so being a native, you know, in the early days, it was like there weren't very many native photographers, you know, in the nineties. You know, in terms of like in people in newspapers, um, and just in general, in terms of professional uh, photographers. But as that has shifted, you know, now digital, there's so many people out there with digital. Um, you know, I used to do wedding photography too, and that was me and my wife, you know, we did it. And but when the digital came out, we kind of stopped because there are just so many more people out there and they're just more competitive. And so, so that has changed. So in terms of like for my career though, as from the early stages to now, um, you know, I think it's developing that network, you know, where um, opportunities present themselves because you're known, you know, people know you and you're not always having to prove yourself. I mean, it's like, you have to create, but you're not always having to apply for everything, you know. So I don't send things out anymore. They come my way now because of, you know, how long I've been at this and the network I have. So I don't know if that answered your question. Noah, yeah, it's um, in a number of the uh, individuals I speak with, um, they, they talk about these different phases within their career. And uh, certainly at a certain point, um, a, a number of, of individuals have, I think they find themselves in the same situation as, as you are, where uh, soon you're being approached with opportunities. Um, sort of that uh, uh, submission process uh, becomes less and less when, when your reputation uh, sort of takes over in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And... And then, you know, so the, the other thing that's developed is more of this artist leadership role. Um, 
lobbying for organizations, serving on boards, um, you know, you get more, and that just increases your network, uh, people you come across, you know, that you're connected to. And so that, that has changed from, um, you know, from my early career, you know, where, um, you know, from working so long, you get, be build up on these other opportunities mm-hmm. that are necessarily related to your, to the, you know, creating of art, but, um, serving as an artist in the community. So, so I imagine over, over the years, um, you've, you've learned, obviously you've learned a lot of, uh, different ways of approaching things, um, and different ways of, uh, I guess, reflecting in a sense. Um, what would you say to the 18 year old or the 20 year old that is looking to get into the, the art world, uh, being a photographer, um, what, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, I think in general, I mean, um, it just, practice. I mean, I think that that's something that, um, you know, all artists do and, and that talent is part of it, but, you know, practice is what keeps you going and, 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 um, build your skill. You know, I always go to like the root of what art means and it's basically skill. And so, you're develop, you, you know, and so like a, like an athlete, you know, you have to train and practice, and so I think that that's really important. That like things may come to you, you know, you may have incredible talent, but if you're not, um, you know, have your your skills developed, it's hard to take advantage of the situation, the opportunities that arise, and so. So that's one thing I would say, and then you know, and just um, and experiment with you know different things. You know, don't don't get stuck in one. You know, this is who I am. You know, I've I've tried to expand. Um, you know, the way I do photography, but also you know, beginning into um, screen printing now, and so just don't limit yourself. I think that's great. So where, where, where can people find your work? Uh, where can people find you out there? Um, so I have a website, uh, josephjallen.com and then, um, Instagram, uh, Joseph J. Allen is my username. So, and I'm Facebook. Um, that's more of a personal, but, um, but also, you know, I have uh, photos that are in the archives of the Minnesota History Center. Uh, I think you can actually look online, and um, there's some. I was part of a project um, back in 1999 called Minnesota 2000, and I documented the urban Indian community. Um, at that time, you know, there was like the middle, the, the, the new, you know, century, you know, so they hired uh, 20 artists, I think, 20 photographers. And I was, I think I was the only native. So, so they're there. And so then there are other collections at the Wiseman Art Museum. 
um, people, people don't go out museums anymore, but, um, so that's <laughs> where you can find it. And I, you know, I have done art fairs and stuff like that, but, um, and I usually try to have one or two exhibits a year. So. And speaking of, uh, uh exhibits, I, the, the Plains Art Museum and, and, uh, full disclosure, uh, you know, I'm, I work at the Native American programs at the uh, Plains Art Museum, and you are currently a board member at the Plains Art Museum. Um, but at that at that museum, uh, we have an exhibition coming up called High Visibility, which is uh, a reflection of images and life uh, in the the Midwest in the rural. And I believe you are a part of this exhibition. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a couple pieces in. Um... Yeah, that's coming up in, did you say the date? I think it's November or October. Uh, November. Sitting on the spot, I, I, I can't recall yeah. what it is. <laughs> but as, as the dates gets closer, I'll be promoting that as well. So, yes. So this fall, fall of 2000, um, I invite the the listener to, to come in and seek out this piece among the the rest of the exhibition because uh from what i can see of it it, it looks like it's going to be an amazing show mm-hmm. so well joe you were you were extremely uh gracious and i appreciate the time that you've given us so thank you so much for this well thank you for having me And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Joe again for sharing his time and story with us. It was always a pleasure to hear uh, what's going on with him and the the new work that he's working on. So yeah, um, in November, uh, come to the Plains Art, come check out High Visibility, and Joe, along with another with a, a number of, of really great artists, um, will have this this multi level exhibition. It's going to be fantastic. So we hope to see you there, as well as another exhibition that we've got coming up uh, called um, The Vanishing Perspective, uh, which uh, addresses the the vanishing race narrative uh, from Edward Curtis's work uh, in contrast to uh, clothing that the museum has from that time. And you're going to hear voices of of indigenous artists um, perspective on clothing. And sort of that pushback against that, that monochrome brown, black, uh, black and white photos uh, from from Edward Curtis's work, but also not so much against his work, but this narrative of the the vanishing Indian. Um, it's it's a it's a great little exhibition that we'll have on the first floor when you come into uh, the museum there. So please come check it out, and that will be um, that opens in mid September. So, but in the meantime, we still have. Deani Whitehawks, She Gives. Uh, that's going to be leaving here in a week or so, so please, if you have a chance, come in and check it out. So yes, I, I want to thank Joe uh, for his time, uh, and it was great speaking with you. But more importantly, I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please, join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams, and you can find me on Canna, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook, or at the plainsart.org website. There, you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, a number of podcast platforms. And yeah, so, you know, if you're hearing this, 
and you're starting to kind of dig these interviews. Uh, I've been hearing back from people and they're enjoying this. Uh, share with people. Um, you know, we're all listening to this on, for the most part, on our uh, phones. So, um, you know, uh, create a link, uh, post it on Facebook and give us a shout out. That would be really great. And also, if you can think of someone that you'd like me to interview uh, for this podcast, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook at the Kenna Facebook site. So, yeah, and I would love to hear from you. So anyways, you take care, you be safe out there, and we will see you next week.